1: Uh, if I haven't met you, my name is Shem. I'm the Eden team leader, so kind of uh, uh, and kind of overseeing the anything to do with missions uh, outside of Crosspoint Church. So, welcome. It's great to see you all this morning. Um, first of all, I I want to thank people who have been praying for me. I've been off, not feeling well for the last little while. I have a history of rheumatoid lung and arthritis, and bouts and bouts of pneumonia. And I've already had four bouts of pneumonia since January and uh i've had almost half my left lung removed about seven years ago uh so this time around i got a good uh, good butt kicking with my health and started to kind of feel better and then again this morning uh three in the morning because i have rheumatoid arthritis i had a flare up in my joints on my knees so the pain was excru- excruciating um my wife had to help me get my socks and help me get ready this morning and so i am on lots of prayer and some good prescription medication. So, <laughs> ibuprofen and tramadol, let me tell you, it's good stuff. Um, but I'm here. And the crazy thing is, guys, like this message I was supposed to preach was quite, uh, supposed to be quite a few weeks ago, but the timing of the Lord, and we're gonna be talking about suffering and uh, trials that we are going through in life. So, I do believe it's God's perfect timing. Um, so let's let's begin let me just pray and then let's begin all right father we thank you so much for this beautiful day we thank you for breath in our lungs for heartbeat in our chest we're so glad that we're here we're so blessed God will you speak through me and then speak to our hearts as well um, as you yeah whatever you want to show each and every one here God we're all here individually with our own challenges own trials own difficulties God but you are faithful Uh, we love you Jesus amen so Trials, challenges. Thank you, Pastor Micah, for this. I, I can't sit and preach. I'm like a pacer. So if I'm like hopping around a little bit because of my knee, uh, but I have, to, I have to stand. If I need to sit, I'll sit. So we've all faced challenges in life, yes? Trial. Okay. okay, church. You can respond to me. It's okay. We can have fun in church. You can <laughs> laugh. Yes. You can laugh, you can say things, you can respond, so that's me, okay, that's me. So we've all faced challenges, trials, Um, and like I said, you know, Brendan had posted, posted on social media about the sermon, but trials are like when you're riding your bike, you're enjoying the scenery, you're feeling the wind in your hair, and then someone throws a stick through the spokes, That's what trials can feel like sometimes, and you just flip over and hurt yourself. Um, And we all go through it, big trials, small trials, different challenges in our lives, and sometimes it feels like it's never going to end. Sometimes it feels like the things that we've heard, the things that we're going through, the bad news, the things that we're struggling with, doesn't feel like it's going to end. Some of you are here today, and you're still facing some challenges today. You're still facing some trials. What do we do in the midst of it? How are we handling the challenges that are thrown at us in our lives? And it doesn't matter where you're from, what walk of life you're from, or what your status is, if you're rich or poor or black and white or whatever it is, we've all faced them. And you're going to face challenges and trials in your life. My sermon title this morning is Hold on. Talk to your neighbor, look to your neighbor and just say, hold on, hold on. And we're going to be reading from James chapter one. If you have your Bibles with you uh, or your phones or whatever, you can turn it on to uh, turn to James chapter one. We're going to read from verse two to six and then verse 12. I love how this starts. <clears throat> Count it all joy, my brothers, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And then further down in verse 12 Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So we see from verses 2 to 12, James offers this this intimate uh, encouragement to whom? He offers this encouragement to the scattered believers who were themselves were undergoing many different trials and difficulties in their lives. It wasn't easy for them to leave their homeland and to make a new start in a foreign land. They faced language barriers, cultural barriers, not to mention hostility, persecution. Most of them were were struggling just to survive. But what they all had in common, no matter where they were, what challenges they were facing, but they all faced the same. They all faced trials, whether large or small, which led to, this may sound familiar to a lot of us, frustration, helplessness, pain, sorrow, anxiety? Do these things sound familiar when we're facing challenges in our lives? And how did James counsel them? Did he say, ah, dude, that sucks, man. That really sucks that you're facing these things. I'm really sorry, I'll, I'll pray for you. I'm sorry you're really suffering. He said, count it all Joy when you're meeting trials of various kinds? Count it all joy? Is he insane? James is telling us to be joyful during trials? Okay, I don't know about you guys, but most people go out of their way to avoid hardship, okay? I'm one of those people, if they can. Most of us, for most of us, joy is something that goes hand-in-hand hand with the best moments of our lives. Am I right? Like a birth of a baby, getting married, graduating, getting a raise, where we experience healing in our bodies, we usually don't find joy and trials in the same sentence. How are we supposed to be joyful, church, when we're grieving a loss? How are we supposed to be joyful when we're trying to figure out how to pay those bills, if we can have food at the table? How are we supposed to be joyful when our marriage is falling apart, when a relationship is struggling? when you've heard bad news about your health? How are we supposed to be joyful when we've been having, trying to have a child and you're not able to for years and years? What is James saying here? Is James telling us that we need to be happy during trials? No, he's saying Be joyful during trials. Now, there is a big difference between joy and happiness. According to commentator Craig Blomberg, when James speaks of joy, he is speaking of something far different than happiness. He writes that unlike happiness, which is so often rooted in circumstances, joy is a state of being. Joy is a settled contentment in everything, in every situation, or an unnatural reaction of deep, steady, and unadulterated thankful trust in God. Furthermore, joy seems to have less to do with the realm of feelings and emotion, where happiness seems to find its home, and more to do with the realm of our thinking and perception. That is because happiness is an emotion in which we experience feelings ranging from contentment and satisfaction to bliss to intense pleasure, whereas joy is a stronger, less common feeling than happiness. We experience, he says, we experience joy when we achieve selflessness to the point of personal sacrifice. Now, does Wing Wednesday bring me joy or happiness? Half-price wings, folks. Does it bring you joy or happiness? half price wings. That's a debate for another day. Okay. (laughs) Joy, yeah. Both, Both, yeah. That's right. Um, In the ESV, the English Standard Version Bible, the words joy, rejoice, joyful, appear a total of 430 times compared to happy or happiness, which only appear 10 times. Joy is lasting, and it satisfies the heart in unique and marvelous ways. But happiness can be fickle. It requires happy circumstances. Joy, on the other hand, sticks around. It often doesn't get chased off by trouble. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In His presence, there is fullness of joy joy we are church joyful because what the trials we are facing can do within us what it can produce in our hearts in our lives and that is steadfastness staying on course no matter what we are facing without wavering and without changing In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it talks about being steadfast, immovable. The dictionary defines steadfastness as firmly fixed in place, immovable, not subject to change, firm in belief, determination, adherence, loyal. But man, but man, some days I wish we had this easy button. Oh, I wish I had the easy button. Modern life and our culture is driven by ease. Everything around us, surrounding us, caters to trying to make things the most easy as possible. We have escalators and we have elevators to avoid walking upstairs. And the airport has the thing that just goes straight. You don't even have to walk, which is really great if you're switching flights. But everything we have is for ease. Microwaves and TV. Now you don't even have to press a button. You can just talk to it. I want to watch TLC. I want to watch sports. Our cell phones, we have all the access we need here. Internet. And for the young people, no dial-up. They're like, what, what is dial-up? It made a horrible noise, first of all. And it took forever to connect to the internet. We have skipped the dishes. We can get food delivered to our house. We have self-driving cars things to help to make our lives trial free but trials trials are inevitable james isn't saying that we should be dancing on the streets when we're facing adversity devastating news about our health when you're walking through separation or divorce when you're walking through grief in your life when you've lost your job you're not saying yeah let's just dance and be happy i wasn't dancing these last few, few weeks. Man, it sucked. Can I be honest with you? It sucked. Like, I was so sick. This is just an example of um, a few of the medications that I was taking, and then you can add about five more different prescriptions to that. Just for the last few weeks. It was horrible. I had moments where I wanted to just give up. I was frustrated, I was angry, I was sad. My God, is this your plan? What's going on? Why do I feel this way? Why has this been nine years of my life? I had a choice to make. I could walk in defeat or I could push. I could persevere. I could hold on. I could keep my eyes on the Father. It, doesn't, it's, it sounds easy, but it's not. I went through hopelessness. I felt depression hitting pretty hard. I was angry. I was frustrated. With my lung issues and my arthritis, when it gets really bad, when I can't breathe, sometimes my lungs, if you get foot cramps sometimes, I get them in my, in my lungs. To a point where I have to hold my breath. I tell Quinn, this is embarrassing for me to even share this, I have to hold my breath, I have to press up against my chest, and I have to push my elbow up against a wall to try and relieve the pressure that is happening in my chest. But what happens when I do that is I start to black out because I'm now holding my breath, trying to relieve the pressure, but also can't breathe. That was happening three, four, five times a day. I couldn't get a proper breath in. I was absolutely exhausted, dizzy, couldn't focus. But I couldn't let myself stew in that. It's easy, it was easy for me to do that. I was justified to feel the way I was feeling. But I had to remind myself who I was in Christ. Who I was in Jesus, that my faith is my faith in him isn't rooted in my circumstances. That he paid that ultimate sacrifice for me on that cross. That I am created in his image, that I am his son and he's my apple father. Sometimes I have to remind myself of that many times a day. Our foundation of our faith is not just based on attending church on a Sunday, it's not just when things are going right, not in our circumstances, but it is in that deep connection, that hard connection with Jesus. That is what we hold on to. That is what we know is true. And that is what I had to hold on to this last little while. But that comes with fully and completely surrendering to him. He knows what I'm facing. This is not a shock to him. I'm talking, falling on your knees, praying and crying out to the Lord, presenting him with the heaviness that I'm carrying in my heart. Our depth of our relationship with Christ is a foundation of our faith, and we can learn as a church so much just looking at the life of Jesus. Although he was fully God, he was also fully man. And he walked out human experiences, including joy and love, along with hardship and suffering. Jesus shows us time and time again that he always went and spent time with the Father. We read that through Scripture. He went to the mountainside to pray. He spent time with the Father. He surrendered everything to him. And now he continues to show us how we can navigate challenges and even tragedies in our lives. One of the stories that really gets to me in the Bible is the events at at Gethsemane. In Matthew 26, 36, on this occasion, Jesus' human nature and his divine nature are clearly seen. Jesus goes with his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane an olive tree plantation. Jesus takes Peter, James, John, his his closest, his inner circle, further into the garden with him. We see here, Jesus is deeply distressed about what lays ahead. He says, the sorrow in my heart is so great that it almost crushes me. Have you said that out before? Have you felt that? The sorrow in my heart is so great that it almost crushes me. He instructs Peter, James, and John to keep watch. And even though they are aware of his distress and realize that something important is about to happen, they cannot stay awake. Jesus' human nature is shown and that he asks the cup of suffering to be taken from him. Perhaps he was asking God to bring about the kingdom of God without having to suffer such horrible death. However, church, Jesus shows his divine nature as he accepts God's will, even though it meant his suffering and death. Because he said, yet not what I want, but what you want. Have you been there? Have you asked God to take this cup of suffering? When I was preparing this message, uh, a few things came to mind. Yes, my, my sickness, my ongoing struggle and pain. And I remember um, after we had Jacob, Quinn was pregnant with a baby, and. She would write in the journal, "Oh, today you're this old, or today we went and got this for you. And one of the journal, the last journal entry was, today you're with Jesus, you're in heaven. And I know that people are experiencing suffering like that. My heart was grieving for you these last few days I know that some of you are experiencing sickness and illness and hearing bad news about cancer. And My heart was grieving for you. Sorry. How many times have you asked God to take the suffering away? The pain of loss to be taken away. The pain of sickness to be taken away. The pain of depression. The pain of anxiety. Distress not being able to conceive. We all face these obstacles, but although we face them, we can choose, we can choose to allow the mountains in front of us to grow bigger or be removed. And it says if we lack wisdom, which, man, I lack a lot of wisdom ask and God who will give it to you generously we can anchor our faith in God let his truth be our perspective what is your mountain when trials come how do you see them how do you face them what is your opinion about them What does your heart do when you're facing challenges? Depending on our heart and our attitudes, our trials can be a stumbling block or a stepping stone. When we're facing difficult things and challenges in our lives, we can see them as, ah, it is what it is. Or, okay, God, what are you trying to show me here? During our life, church, we will face many flavors of trials. You will face hardships in school, in family, in work, in your health, in your relationship, in your faith. Nothing is immune. But Paul says that persevering in trials leads to purity, understanding, patience, kindness, and love. In 2 Corinthians 6, Peter points out that perseverance is part of the process. Jesus also shows us some truths that we can encourage ourselves today with. That we can have faith in God at all times. That we can hold on to his promises. Remember that no mountain is too big for God to remove. And when you pray and ask, believe you have received what you have asked for. Sorrow and suffering will pass, but joy continues in spite of hardships. Eternal joy is promised to come, and when it does, it lasts. And you know what? You're like, Shem, you know what? I know these truths. I know the word. I know what it says. I know who I am in Christ. But man, sometimes it's hard to understand the purpose of our trials, isn't it? Why? I ask God all the time, why? What is, what is the purpose of this? You've called us here to Edmonton, we sold our house in BC, moved us into Beverly, and I can't do anything right now. My, my, my lung function and my pain and, but what I've come to realize is that sometimes trials come into our lives to order to draw us closer to God. Because it's through these hard times that we can learn that we cannot, we cannot figure things out on our own. On our own strength and abilities that we actually need God, His mercy, His help, His love, His grace. It's when there's nothing else that we can do except to go to God and depend upon Him more and more and ourselves less and less. More of you, Jesus, less of me. More of Jesus, less of Shem. That's where I start getting clarity. That's where I start seeing things more clearly. Are we going to face trials? Are we going to face difficult times? Are we going through them right now? Yes, absolutely. Sometimes they're a week long, sometimes they're seasons. sometimes they're years and years down the road, and sometimes they're just something that we just have within that's happening in our lives even now. But church, hold on. Hold on through those difficult days. Hold on. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy, joy comes in the morning. Job, in the middle of a long period of intense suffering, holds on to God's wonderful love. He says, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. In the midst of all of Job's suffering, he's able to say, God, even if he killed me, I'd keep on hoping. He knows God and trusts him enough, even in the very depth of despair. Man, I want that kind of faith. I don't know if I have that, but I want that kind of faith, where it's not based on my circumstances, based on who he is and what he's already accomplished on the cross. And as the story of Job unfolds, we see that he is right to keep trusting in God. God never explains to Job why he allowed him to go through so much. But Job's confidence in God, God's love is vindicated. In the midst of suffering, somehow we have to hold on to the wonders of God's great love. A couple of ways we can do that. Pray. Church, don't think of, oh, this sucks, and what am I going to do? i got to figure this out, and i got to pray. Get on your knees, fall on your face, weeping and praying and contending. Pray without ceasing is important for heart and soul. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, Paul tells the church, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. next thing is worship worship psalm 121 i lift my eyes to the hills where from where uh, does my help come from my help comes from the lord who made heaven and earth when our souls are downcast And when we are struggling to see the good, lifting our eyes and worshiping despite the situations and circumstances that we are going through can transform our hearts and minds. As we worship, we are reminded of who our help is. That He is the maker of heaven and earth. And that He is present with us. Sometimes it's easy to worship. Sometimes it's not. But worship isn't a response to how we feel. It's a response to the truth that has changed our lives and our outcomes. It is a response to the God that made the stars and spoke life into existence. To a God who cares for the one. To the God who cares for each and every one of you. even through the challenges that life brings, we keep a steady stream of fellowship with the Holy Spirit, a continuous flow of His presence by constantly setting our affection and attention on Him. It is a continual flow of conversation and awareness of God and and living in His presence. Whenever our hearts touch the heart of God, our hearts start to beat in rhythm with his heart. Praying without ceasing is that type of heart connection. To see through his eyes, to look at what might be possible in any given situation. Uh, Vicki, can you come up, uh, please? The Lord is inviting us to go about our daily walks and tasks with his affection and presence upon us church do you know that God delights in our journey with him he delights hearing from you he delights walking with you and talking with you in moments of joy in moments of sadness in moments that we're afraid. He says, come to me, all who are needy, weary, tired, scared, stressed. I will give you rest. So you see, real faith, it doesn't deny that our problem exists, church. It denies the problem's place of influence in our lives. It denies the problem of voice. We give thanks and we are joyful in everything because of God's goodness. He never changes. He knows the end from the beginning and he's working all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Know that every area of our life is a concern to God. Every area. And he wants to be a part of everything that we do. He's asking us to bring all of our burdens, all of our trials, all of our pain, and surrender it at his feet. Will you stand with me, church? I would love for you to take this time to surrender whatever it is that you've been carrying in your heart. Any of those, any pain? Challenges you've been carrying? Any trials? Just to worship. Bring everything you have to Him. Jesus, I'm just going to sing a song over you, and you can just join me. It's just, I surrender all. I surrender. Uh huh Father, we pray that no matter what we are facing in life or what we will face, that we would experience your peace through it, through the storms, through the fire, that we would know that you are with us, that we would experience the peace of God in such deep ways. God, life is uncertain Things can happen when we don't expect it, when we least expect it. What we do know is you are constant. Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray that you will guard our hearts and our minds. We thank you that we no longer have to carry any of these burdens on our own. And God, through these challenges that we would find joy, a joy that, that surpasses all understanding, a joy that can only come from you, strength that can only come from you, wisdom that can only come from you, direction that can only come from you. So Father, we surrender our lives to you. We send, surrender our pain, we surrender our loss. We surrender our trials. We surrender our sickness. We surrender our anxiety. We surrender our depression. We surrender our divorce. We surrender our separation. We surrender our pain. We surrender our lives to you, Jesus. Let's sing it one more time, church.
2: I surrender all. Let's sing it out loud, Jesus. I surrender all. all to Thee, my blessed Savior I
1: surrender all Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. We love you.